the very words of prayer that David would utter out were just these groans of like the pain and the agony and the turmoil that was going on in his soul. Uh, And he says, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. So sometimes we can't find, we don't really find an answer. We can't find uh, the rest that we want to find. We don't find all the solutions that just immediately are dropped into our lap by God. And that's confusing. And that's, that's when we find ourselves in those situations, it, it's, it's a temptation to want to just abandon faith entirely sometimes. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. You are listening to The Great Light Podcast, a resource aimed at building up the body of Christ and engaging the lost. This podcast is a production of Great Light Studios. For more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook or YouTube. If you would like to support this program and the ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so easily and securely through our website. There, you can also find both video and audio versions of the podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I know that for myself, um, sometimes in life, I get to the point, and, and even recently, get to the point with my life and my walk with the Lord where I just feel like I am kind of flat on my face um, and in almost a place of, of despair and, and just the struggles of life, whether it's just my own internal struggles with sin. Uh, you know, some people struggle with depression, anxiety, fear. Uh, just Just kind of, I think we all can reach this place where uh, whatever whatever it is, whatever is causing it, we we are basically at the lowest of the lows. We get to these really really low points where everything just kind of seems hopeless. It seems like there's no there's no hope for our future. There's no there's no hope for change. Um, whether it's you know, I know a lot of people struggle with uh, as we're following Jesus. A big part aspect of this, I think, is just the struggle with sin. For myself, that that's a big thing that can just really be discouraging and confusing, and um, and it can lead to that place where you're you're almost in despair. Um, and it kind of reminds me of um, you know the story of David and Goliath, where Goliath is taunting and accusing, and and just puts the people of God puts Israel in this state of just fear and, and just being overwhelmed, and just their they're put in this place where they're basically useless. The, the, the army of Israel was just the fear and the, the anxiety and the discouragement that was being caused by this enemy who seemed so, who, who really was so much bigger and stronger and more powerful than they were. Um, it just put the people of God in this place of, of powerlessness in their fear. And so I feel like I kind of hit that point recently of, of just different things going on inside of me, around me, just life in general sometimes just gets me to the point where it's like um, I just feel overwhelmed and feel like there's, you know, this this is just, this is too much. It's too big. And, and then even in those times, sometimes you pray, you know, you try to do the right Christian things. You cry out to God. You try to, you know, read the Bible and some. Well, sometimes those things don't even help. You know, it seems like they don't do anything for you. They don't solve the issue. You're still in that place of despair and hopelessness. 
and uh, and it seems like your your enemies, whether it's the enemy of sin, the enemy of fear, the enemy of depression and anxiety, um, just fill in the blank. Whatever that enemy is, that that giant that comes and puts you in that place where you just feel overwhelmed and powerless, like you've just been defeated. You're being you're struck down to the to the ground. Your enemies are basically being victorious over you. Uh, again, fill in the blank to whatever that is that causes you to get there. But I think we all get there, and I know I get there. And so I, I want to talk about that and, and hopefully give a couple encouragements about what to do in those times. And I think mostly what I want to do is talk about what does God think about you? What are God's feelings toward you and toward us when we are in those times? Um, because I think we very quickly, our minds, what, what can really give power to, uh, to those enemies and give, give power to our, our being in that place is, is what we're thinking about God. And so, uh, so first what I want to do, I just want to read Psalm 22, uh, just, just a part of this. I probably won't read through the whole thing, but I'm going to read part of this because when I'm in those times, one of the most encouraging things that I that I can find that that I find in those times. One of the things that encourages me more than anything and gives me, even if it's just a little bit of strength, a little bit of hope, is the Psalms. So just listen to this, and and if you're in a place of despair, fear, discouragement, powerlessness, and feeling like what you see in front of you is just more defeat, more failure. There's no, there's not, there's not another side to this. Um, I feel like if you're feeling that as you're trying to walk with God, you're trying to pursue him, and that's what you see in front of you, I think uh, we're in good company to feel that. So I'm going to show you David in Psalm 22 often felt that way, and other psalmists throughout the Psalms felt that way. So Psalm 22, um, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. So this is something that we know Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, he quoted uh, parts of this scripture. The ultimate, I think he was the ultimate fulfillment of a, of a child of God who's in a place of suffering and feeling abandoned by God, even in the midst of of doing all that he can do, like setting his mind and heart toward following God. But even when we are following God, we're trying to obey him. We're trying to walk in victory. Um, we're, we're, that's our sincere desire. We can find ourselves still in these places. And I think that's normal. It's normal for a sincere follower of God who's, who's, who's really going after him to find themselves in a place like this of just great incredible discouragement. And so this this is, first off, I just think it's, it's a, a good encouragement to know that if you are feeling those things, when we feel those things, when we're in that dark place, we can know we're in good company uh, with the, the, the people of God in the scriptures. Um, because we know that the servants of God in the Bible are, are regularly and terribly difficult uh, and challenging situations. Um, the Psalms are full of despairing people. And, and we see that God obviously allows uh, his servants to go through wilderness uh, seasons, seasons of where, where it feels like our spiritual life 
or even our souls are in this this wilderness. Um, and, and this is something that God allows his servants to go through. Um, and so he allows us to go through trials, temptations, and suffering. So I say that because I, I think when we get in those times, I think when I get in those times, and I think I've gotten better at, at, at changing the way I think about this, but I think it's easy for us, it's easy for followers of God sincere followers of God, if we find ourselves in these circumstances to start feeling condemned or guilty about it. We start feeling like if I'm struggling in this way, if I'm feeling these things, if I'm still struggling with this sin, or if I'm still if I'm still being so overcome and overwhelmed by, by fear and depression and anxiety, or uh, again, fill in the blank, then that must mean I'm doing something wrong. God is punishing me. God is mad at me. Um, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. But that's not what you see in the Bible. You don't In the Bible, you don't see it to where suffering, trials, and temptation equals a person who must not be following God correctly. Um, actually, you see it in the New Testament, in, in the Gospels, Jesus after he was baptized and God spoke this powerful word of encouragement saying, you are my son and I am well pleased with you. It's right after that, it says, and immediately he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted or tested. Um, and so Jesus was not out of the will of God. In fact, he was in a, a in, in the exact uh, hitting the target of what God's will was for his life and staying in step with that. And as he stayed in step with that, what God did is God's spirit led him into a, a wilderness season, if you want to put it that way. And so as servants of God, God leads us into wilderness seasons for his own purposes. He does it because he knows that sometimes we need we, we need to go through wilderness seasons because wilderness seasons afflictions and trials and temptations, what they do is they purify and refine our faith. Um, they, they, they take and remove from the gold, the gold and the pure gold of our faith. They, they take off of that and they, they, it purifies and removes it. Literally, the, the, the analogies in the Bible is that it's the trials and sufferings and temptations that we face act as fire that purifies the the gold of our faith, and it it takes away the elements of our life, of our thinking that are wrong, that are not in line with truth, that are not in line with with what how God wants us to think, um, and it's it's going going through the these oven like you know these hot afflictions, these these fiery tests that actually remove uh, uh, self dependence. It removes. Um, desires for things of the world. It, it, it brings us to this low, low position to where we find that God is the only thing that we have. He's our only source of strength and hope. And, and these, these times of afflictions and trials kind of force us to, to look to him in a way that we wouldn't look to him if we never went through these trials and these hard times. Um, and so, when we when we hit those lowest of low points, we can know that this is not something that was accidental. If I was like Jesus, 
pursuing God and, and you know, maybe doing it in weakness and imperfectly like we all do. But, but for those who are sincerely believing God and in their hearts, the deepest part of their hearts, their inner man, what they want more than anything is to follow God, to obey him, to love him and to, to know him more and to know more how to, to be in his will. If that's, when that is what a person uh, uh, feels and thinks, when that's what is inside a person's heart, then then when you are in that place and you're, you find yourself then in a time of trial and suffering and temptation, it's a lie, uh, I think, from Satan to think that, well, I must have somewhere stepped out of the will of God or, or, or this must be punishment or, or um, God's angry at me. Again, God leads his servants into wilderness seasons. And so often, if you're finding yourself in a place where you're just really battling with struggling with your faith, struggling with things that are just pressing against you to, to, uh, to push you away from faith in Jesus and commitment to him, if you're finding yourself just in kind of this wrestling match in your soul where that's what you're feeling, I think biblically what that should do is confirm to you that actually you're probably in a really good place with God and in his mind because people who aren't really committed to Jesus, who don't have that, that discipleship type attitude where I'm following Jesus to death. Um, if you don't have that, you're really, it's going to be hard for you to really find yourself in a place where when your faith is tried and you're, and you're pressed to abandon that that faith or commitment to Jesus, um, if you don't have a f- real faith or commitment to Jesus in the first place, then then there's really not going to be any turmoil or um, or pain or suffering involved with that. So when we walk into these, we find ourselves in these seasons of trials and temptations. Things are just putting us in a place of turmoil, and at the heart of that is our faith and commitment to Jesus that really is being tested, that's being pressed against. If that's where you're finding yourself, I think that's that's actually a confirmation that you are following Jesus, that you're following God, and in your heart you you have a sincere desire to to follow Him, and that's being challenged. Um, and only if you have a sincere faith in Jesus uh, can you be sincerely challenged in that faith. So Psalm 22, I think again, what it tells us is that. David and ultimately even Jesus found himself in this situation where he was crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, yeah, I think in these, in these times where we feel our, we, we're at the lowest of low, I think this is what we can feel. We can feel like God has forsaken us. And, and where is he? Where is he in this? Um, listen again. He says, why are you so far from saving me? Uh, from the words of my groaning. So from that, fir- that first part there, like, this is, man, I, I can totally relate to that. I can be at these low, low points, struggling with different things, battling, and in my heart, I want to follow God, and I'm, you know, I'm crying out to him for help, and it feels like he's just so far away from helping me. He's like, he's, it's, it's not like I cry out and immediately he bursts into the situation and changes it. Sometimes I think that happens, but sometimes I think we find ourselves in these situations where the suffering and the trial and the temptation, it just, it continues. It just keeps going and going and going and pressing against us and pressing. And it's like this day after day thing. And 
that's when, you know, when we're, we've been in that day after day, sometimes month after, after month, sometimes year after year, where we're just in this fiery experience of, of, of our faith, ultimately our faith in God, our faith in Jesus is just being pressed against for whatever reason. Um, and, and throughout that long span, we're still, we're crying out to God for help. We're looking to him. And sometimes it just feels like he's not showing up in the way we would like him to, in the way that we think he should, if he really hears us. But I think knowing that this is something that Jesus said, these are words that Jesus spoke, these are things that Jesus felt, we should know that when we feel these things, we can stand in faith. We can know that, okay, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that God has forsaken me. But Jesus felt that. And God didn't ultimately forsake Jesus. God ultimately didn't forsake David. We know that David was a man after God's own heart. So if David experiences this feeling of God is so far, I'm crying out and he's not hearing me, to me, that's a great comfort to not uh, abandon faith in those moments and to not say, okay, well, I've tried this. I've, I've asked for help. God hasn't come through. I'm done. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving up. Um, it, it's like Galatians, uh, I think chapter six, maybe where it says, don't grow weary in doing good because in due season, we will reap if we don't give up. And so when we find ourselves in these places where we, we're crying out to God, he's not coming through, don't give up, uh, believe, believe like Job, when he was in these afflictions and this, everything was so confusing to Job in that situation. All his thoughts about God and how God should act, how what it should look like for God to be good, all those thoughts that he had were being challenged. Those are our preconceived ideas of who God is and what he should, how he should act. Those those ideas become challenged when we're when we're in these trials and times of suffering and temptation. And it's then that we have to trust in the character of God. We have to trust in, in what God has already spoken, whether I think in his, uh, in, in scripture and in, in the Bible or things that he's spoken even to us, to our hearts about who he is, that he is good. He is faithful. Uh, even when it seems like he's not, even when it seems like he's forsaken me and he's not coming through, I think that's ultimately what's being tested and refined in these times is like, when we get to the end of the end, when we get to the lowest of the low, will we keep saying God is good? Even when it seems like he's so far from saving us and we're the words, again, David says, the words of my groaning. So the very words of prayer that David would utter out were just these groans of like the pain and the agony and the turmoil that was going on in his soul. Uh, and he says, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. So sometimes we can't find, we don't really find an answer. We can't find uh, the rest that we want to find. We don't find all the solutions that just immediately are dropped into our lap by God. And that's confusing. And that's that's when we find ourselves in those situations, it, it's, it's a temptation to want to just abandon faith entirely sometimes. Um, or maybe just to abandon, uh, kind of just try to run away from that trial and that circumstance and just kind of numb out in whatever way we can. So I think there's a way to stay stay in it, to, to embrace the situation as something that a good and loving God, a faithful creator has allowed to come into our life. 
Um, and, and we don't have to figure out why exactly, you know, we don't have to figure out, okay, was this because of my sin? Is this because of, of this or because of that? Um, maybe, maybe it was partly because of sin. Maybe it was partly because of this or that, whatever it is, it, it ultimately, it doesn't matter. We can leave all that to God. And, and I don't think that's, that's the point that we need to focus on. What we need to focus on is God is sovereign and he's good. And, and for whatever reason, he's allowed this to come into my life. What he cares about isn't why I got into it necessarily. Uh, he, what he cares about is, is what, I'm, what am I going to do with it now? How am I going to respond to it now, today? How am I going to respond to God and to what I believe is true about him and, and those things that are being tested? And so, yeah, when we find ourselves in those times, I think responding with, with faith, with, with who we know God is. And even when we're crying out to him and it seems like he's not answering, knowing that um, he's good and he's faithful. And so don't lose hope um, even when it seems like there is no hope. Uh, God, uh, God raises the dead. God is, he's in the business of raising people from the dead. And so um, I want to I'm going to read this really quick and then I'll, I'll end with this. But this is just another encouragement that when we find ourselves in these, these low, low positions, it's not, um, it's not abnormal. We're actually in good company. So we saw David and Jesus experience these, these times of feeling like God was, God was gone and they were just at the end of themselves. Well, 1 Corinthians 1 uh, chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 8. Paul says, uh, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong place. It's actually 2 Corinthians that I'm looking for. So it's in 2 Corinthians, you see, I think you see a lot of Paul being very open and I think unique ways, that uh, more unique ways than he is in, in um, a lot of his other letters where he kind of exposes a lot of the inward thoughts of his heart, the inward struggles. And I think Paul was wrote 2 Corinthians from a place of, of being in and coming out of just a hard, hard pressing uh, trials, which obviously he was in for the, the majority of his life was a trial. But I think there were moments that you see in 2 Corinthians where it's like these really, really intense moments where he was at the lowest of lows in discouragement and feeling defeat. And it's really encouraging to me to see Paul, people like Paul, experiencing these things too and seeing that in the scripture. So, so let me just read this real quick and you'll see what I'm talking about. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, um, Paul says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. So let me stop there for a minute. We were so utterly burdened beyond our own strength that we despaired of life itself. Paul, the apostle, who we hold in such high esteem, sometimes maybe too high, he was a man, he was imperfect, he struggled. We see that here. He said he was despairing of life itself. I don't think, you know, is despair... Uh, a, a, a Christian response that we should have? Well, I, I mean, that's not necessarily, you know, we're told to not fear, do not fear over and over. Well, Paul was obviously had fear. He was in despair about life. 
He was so utterly burdened beyond his own strength. And he's saying our strength. And so obviously there were others, um, others with him that were feeling these same things. Um, but he was so utterly burdened and it says beyond his strength. So again, this brings me back to the beginning where we talk, where I talk about David and Goliath. Goliath was, was stronger than the, the greatest warriors in Israel. He was mightier and stronger than David in, in every way physically. Um, he was more powerful. And so the people of Israel, the soldiers of Israel were, were feeling utterly burdened by this trial, by this affliction that had come upon them. They were feeling utterly burdened beyond their own strength so that they were basically in despair, that they, they were just, they were going to lose. They were going to be killed. They were going to be destroyed. This battle was too strong for them to win. And we can find, that's that, I think that's exactly where we find ourselves in these sort of situations where we are so utterly burdened beyond our own strength. And sometimes, again, God allows us to be in situations that are beyond our own strength. And so there's that quote that I'm probably going to completely forget, but it's like this, the common Christian uh, kind of, uh, you know, hanging over your, 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 your toilet in your bathroom type of quote, uh, like God, God won't give you more than you can handle or something like that. You know, you probably know what I'm talking about, but uh, obviously I think a lot of people have, you know, already spoken out against that, but that that's, I don't think that's true. I think God gives us regularly on a regular basis. He gives us more than we can handle. The reason for that, Paul goes on to say, he says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, uh, Again, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 9, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Again, the Israelites felt that they had received the sentence of death. They felt like this is the end. This is it. Like I'm going to be destroyed um, and we can feel that too. My, I'm, I'm at the end. You know, my, my life is over. Uh, the things that I, I felt compelled to do, the, the, the calling I had, it's just done. It's, it's over. It's destroyed. This enemy that's before me, is, it's, gonna, it's just going to wipe it out and there's no hope. Paul felt that. He felt that he had received the sentence of death. And here's the explanation for why. Why, why did God allow these things to come? Why did God allow Paul to go in, into this situation? Why did God allow Goliath and the Philistine army to be in that position of mocking Israel and being over them, um, um, more powerful than them so that the people of Israel were in despair? Why does he allow us to find ourselves in these situations where we are overpowered, seemingly overcome by these enemies, um, where the things in life are just, they're getting the best of us and we're feeling mocked by them. We're feeling, um, you know, made fun of by these enemies surrounding us. And we know that ultimately we feel like we've received the sentence of death. Like this is the end. Um, uh, there's no way to get out of this situation. God allows that. And here's the reason why Paul says, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him. We have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So that's the reason. That's that's why I think that's what we can know as we are in in difficult afflictions, trials, being pressed in different ways. We can know the reason God allows that is so that we can learn not to rely on our own strength. 
like he says here, not to rely on ourselves and what we can bring to the table, but, but it, it puts us in a place where we can really truly experientially learn that we have to rely on God's strength. And so again, this is this is for situations where you're at the lowest of the low, where it's 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 not just a hard situation, it's an impossible situation. It's an impossible situation like death. Death is something that's like there's no going back. But that's where I think God comes in the most clearest and he shines his power shines the brightest and becomes the most clear. When we hit walls, when we're at the lowest of the lows, that is, those times are the best opportunities you will ever experience of knowing God in, in the most clear way possible is, is when you're at those times of death. And that's when you learn that God is a God of resurrection. The, the most horrible, horrendous, tragic, confusing uh, a situation, circumstance, event that has ever happened was, I believe, the death of Jesus, this Jewish man who lived this perfect life on a cross. His, his death was the, the worst thing that has ever happened, but God redeems those things and makes them the, the best, most powerful um, uh, th- thing in, in human history was, was the resurrection that came as a result of the death of Jesus. And I think that's exactly what God wants to do in our situations is he wants to take the worst of the worst, the death-like experiences where it's it's impossible, this is an impossible situation, and he wants to turn that around into a resurrection-like experience where this thing that seemed hopeless without without possibility uh, of, of it, of us getting victory over it, God comes in in those moments. That's where I think he specializes in coming through in those moments and um, turning those situations around and using them ultimately for our good to make us more like Jesus, to set us more free from the things of the world, to set us more free from ourself, our, our self and, and our self-reliance, which I think is at the core, ultimately, our self-reliance, our self-dependence, our self-awareness is at the core, I think, of all sin of any sin you do ultimately is rooted in you becoming self-aware, self-conscious, self-dependent, and, and you break free, uh, uh, free, I'm using that that word lightly, uh, it's not really free, but you break free from a, a trust and a dependence on God. God wants to, to lessen those patterns in our life. He wants to lessen that that way of thinking to where we're less and less self-reliant. We're more and more reliant on God, on the one who raises us from the dead. And so if you're in that situation, if you're in a hard, difficult situation, when I'm in a terrible wilderness-like situation where it's impossible, that's when I need to hold on as tight as possible to the things I know the things I know about God, the things I knew were true about God when I entered into the situation, the, the, the core things that God is good, he's faithful, and he's worth my life. That's when I need to grip tight by faith onto those things and know that this isn't going to last forever. This is something that God, by his sovereign goodness, brought me into, and by his sovereign goodness, he will bring me out of. And so if you're in that situation, Keep holding on, look to the Lord, know that he's the one who gives power to to slay the giants. 
it's not by our strength. It's not by our might. It's by his spirit. And, uh, and know that God is the one who, who even in the worst of the worst situations, even, even situations of death, the, the situations that are impossible, he's the kind of God who turns those situations around into uh, redemption and, and situations that ultimately, ultimately work for our good. You have been listening to The Great Light Podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to support this program and partner with the Ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so through our website. There you can also find both video and audio versions of this podcast.